Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of serving. My foot is part of my body, but it has no comparisons to my ear. They serve two different functions. Every one of us is different in the ministry we are called to, like Noah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Habakkuk, Nahum, all of them. But they were faithful. What did God call you to do? Let me tell you what He hasn't called you to do, to occupy that chair. But we should stand on our feet and move into ministry. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The rest of the story, the conclusion, or the moment of truth, whatever you call it, it's the ultimatum of God's Word to His wayward people. Today, Pastor Xavier takes us back to the past to remind us of a truth that's still valid today. Here he is with today's compelling lesson, You Can Run, But You Can't Hide. The prophet Ezekiel, as you know, has acted out several sermons to call attention to the people that they might look to Ezekiel, ask questions, inquire about this whole pantomime sermon that's going on. As you know, in chapter 4, he's acted out the siege of the city through a clay tablet. Um, He's laid down on his right side, his left side, to indicate uh, the time of uh, the uh, difficulties of the city. He's eaten his food by ration, has drank his uh, water also by ration there in chapter 4. And in chapter 5, he acted out the manner of the judgment by shaving his head. A third of his hair went to the fire, that it would be consumed by the fire of the city. The other third was to the sword, and the other third would go to the wind. And there was a few under his belt that would be the remnant that God would be faithful to. Uh, he prophesied judgment to the mountains in chapter 6. For all the idolatry was all over. He prophesied against the land. It would be desolate in chapter 7. And now Ezekiel is called to act out one more charade-like sermon regarding the final captivity involving the king Zedekiah. And here we have it in chapter 12. So let me read our text and I'll give you the division. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of the rebellious house which has eyes to see but do not see, ears to hear but do not hear, for they are rebellious house. Therefore, Son of man, prepare your um, belongings for captivity and go into captivity by day in their sight. You should go from your place into the captivity to another place in their sight. It may be that they will consider, though they are a rebellious house. Um, by day you shall bring out your belongings in their sight as though going into captivity, and at evening you should go into their sight like those who are going into captivity. Dig through the wall in their sight and carry your belongings out through it. In their sight you shall bear them on your shoulders and carry them out at twilight. You shall cover your face so that you cannot see the ground. For I have made you a sign to the house of Israel. So I did as I was commanded, and I brought out my belongings as by day, as though going into captivity, and at evening I dug through the wall with my hand, I brought them out at twilight, and I bore them on my shoulder in their sight. And in the morning, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, has not the house of Israel, the rebellious house, said to you, What are you doing? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, This burden concerns the prince of Jerusalem and all the house of Israel who are among them. Say, I am a sign to you. As I have done, so shall it be done to them, and shall be carried away into captivity. And the prince who is uh, among them shall bear his belongings on his shoulders at twilight and go out. Um, They shall dig through the wall 
and the wall will be carried them out through it, and he shall cover his face so that he cannot see the ground with his eyes. I will also uh, spread my net over him, and he shall be caught in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon, to the land of Chaldeans, yet he shall not see it, though he shall die there. I will scatter to every wind all who are around him to help him in all his truths, and I will draw the sword after them. Then they shall know that I am the Lord." When I scatter them uh, among the nations and disperse them throughout the countries. But I will spare a few of their men from the sword, the famine, and from the pestilence, that they may declare all their abominations among the Gentiles wherever they go. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, eat your bread with quaking, drink your water with trembling and anxiety. And say to the people of the land, Thus saith the Lord God to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the land of Israel, They shall eat their bread with anxiety and drink their water with dread, so that her land may be emptied of all who are in it because of the violence of all those who dwell in it. Then the cities that are inhabited shall be laid waste, and the land shall become desolate, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, uh, what is this proverb that you have um, about the land of Israel, which say the days are prolonged and every vi vision fails. Tell them, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I will lay this proverb to rest, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say to them, the days are at hand, and the fulfillment of every vision. For no more shall there be any false vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, I speak, and the word which I speak will come to pass. It will no more be postponed, for in your days, O rebellious house, I will say the word and perform it, says the Lord God. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, look, the house of Israel is saying the vision that he sees is for many days from now, and he prophesies of times far off. Therefore, say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, None of my words will be postponed anymore, but the words which I speak will be done, saith the Lord God. Ezekiel's called to act out one more straight sermon here, pantomime style. It's the final captivity uh, of Jerusalem. It's the king that he's dealing here, and it's characterized by three things. First of all, verse 1 through 7, you have the proclamation regarding the signed sermon. The proclamation regarding the signed sermon. Secondly, verse 8 through 16, you have the interpretation of the signed sermon. So we're not left to our own opinion. And then thirdly, verse 17 through 28, you have the degradation of the people in view of the signed sermon. The proclamation regarding the signed sermon. The prophet, once again, is dealt directly by God. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying. Five times, notice in this chapter, it is stated, the word of the Lord came to me, affirming again the divine origin. Yahweh here is the covenant God of Israel, the one who delivered them from the exile of Egypt. Now, he's going to take them back into exile, put them into bondage. He freed them. They put themselves in bondage. He puts them in bondage. He gives them over to that bondage. In verse 2, notice God reminds the prophet of the spiritual conditions of people. Why? Because he's a man like you and I, and I'm sure Ezekiel got discouraged. We all need exhortation. We need to be reminded of things. God repeats what he told Ezekiel at his call and commission, that they were defiant. He says, son of man, and there's that phrase again, he's human, he's frail. You dwell in the midst of a rebellious house. God in his loving kindness pursues his people. No one can blame God, that God's uh, impatient. He, he stopped too short. 
These people have rebelled generation after generation. He's still preaching, and they're in captivity. Amazing grace that God has for us. Notice in verse 2 still, God describes their spiritual condition, which has eyes to see but do not see, ears to hear but do not hear, for they are a rebellious house. The repetition is not to bore you. It's to affirm absolute truth. They had deceived themselves to the extent that they were denying all that had happened in the past, even trusting in Egypt. They were denying all the fulfilled prophecies and just saying, oh, that. People say that today. Oh, the Bible, is just, it, it, it doesn't have prophecy. Oh, it, it's just your interpretation. Uh-uh. They were rationalizing that God would not judge his people or defile his temple. Remember Jeremiah chapter 7? God sent him to the temple, the gate, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord of these, you keep saying. We're safe as long as we're here. People today say, well, at least I go to church. What, what does that mean? Well, I read my Bible once in a while. Are you a doer? Are you growing? Are you walking in the light? The prophet Isaiah and Jeremiah both declare the same thing. Eyes but blind, ears but deaf. Isaiah 6, 9, and 10, and in Jeremiah 5, 21. By the way, Jesus also made mention of that. It's a willful decision. God doesn't bring it upon you. You bring it upon yourself. And by the way, he's talking to the people of God. Notice in verse 3 through 5, the prophet Ezekiel is commanded to act out this next sign sermon. In verse 3, the general orders are given to Ezekiel first. Uh, he was to prepare and bear the essentials for captivity, literally for a wandering exile. Therefore, son of man, prepare your belongings for captivity. And he was to act it out for all to see. Listen to him. And go into captivity by day in their sight. In their sight appears seven times between verse 3 to 7. In their sight, in their sight. They're without a good. Is God persistent? Is God merciful? This is to be happening in Babylon. Okay? He's come back to Babylon. At the end of chapter 11, from Jerusalem, he's back in Babylon. Now notice, he was to illustrate the reality of the deportment of the people by moving from one location to another. You shall go from your place in the captivity to another place in their sight. He was in Tel Abib, not the one in Israel, but in Babylon. And he was to move to the next settlement and do these things so that all the settlements visually saw him going through this whole pantomime charade. And then God would open his mouth when people asked questions. Remember? Notice in verse 3, he was to do this in hope that they might repent. It may be that they will consider, though they are a rebellious house. Does that mean God doesn't know? He's just hoping? He doesn't know if they are? No, he knows. But he's demonstrating towards the human perspective that God, even though he knows people won't, he continues that there is no excuse. The proclamation goes forward. The opportunity is there. The free will is always up to us. This marks the graciousness of God to the hardened heart of people. Verse 4 and 5, notice the particular orders were specified to Ezekiel secondly. The sign sermon would be enacted from day to night. By day you shall bring out your belongings in their sight as though going into captivity, and at evening you should go in their sight like those going into captivity. 
So this was ongoing. This was just day and night, and he was supposed to do it very specifically. The sign sermon, notice, indicates a flight in secret to escape. In verse 5, dig through the wall in their sight. Carry your belongings out through it. And we're going to see this in the interpretation much clearer. The houses were made of mud bricks, sun-dried, easy to dig. Notice verse 6, the sign sermon revealed an attempt to disguise himself also. In their sight, you shall bear them on your shoulders and carry them out at twilight. You shall cover your face so that you cannot see the ground. The sign sermon was prophetic. Listen, for I have made you a sign to the house of Israel. God's instrument. The word for sign there is translated wonder, sign, and miracle in the Old Testament with the idea of God's display of power. The context in our text refers to the token regarding a future event, as we're going to see. This is the proclamation. We're going to see that this is prophetic. Now notice verse 7. The prophet was obedient to the revelation. Now we just read it like that, no big deal. But listen, he's in Babylon. He's the only prophet. There's false prophets in Babylon. There's false prophets in Jerusalem. The whole captivity are believing the false prophet. You talk about pressure. You talk about faithfulness. Man, he packed his essentials in verse 7. So I did as I was commanded. I brought out my belongings to, uh, by day as though going into captivity. And without doubt, the people mocked Ezekiel. Without doubt, the false prophets berated him, even as they did Jeremiah in Jerusalem. So he climbed through the hole in the wall. And that evening I dug through the wall with my hand and I brought them out at twilight and I bore them on my shoulder in their sight. Ezekiel in faith acted on the sermon for all to see. Ezekiel was looking for repentance from the rebellious people despite their spiritual blindness and spiritual deafness through the hardness of heart. He was becoming like his God more and more. Persistent. Long-suffering. It has been said, you cannot repent too soon because you know not how soon it may be too late. People always think they have tomorrow. Anybody here think they'll be here tomorrow? Tomorrow's promised to no one. We can breathe our last tonight. If you're not walking with God, don't say, well, when I get through with this job, when I move out from with my girlfriend, when I get done doing, there's no guarantees. Today's the day of salvation. Spiritual blindness and deafness is self-imposed, by the way. Someone accused God, but you can't. Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 30 verse 1 says, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel but not of me, and who devise plans but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. He's talking to God's people who have walked away from him. Those people who have walked with God. Listen, it didn't happen overnight. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, I think I'll commit adultery now. It's one step at a time, one day at a time, a week at a time, month at a time, year at a time. You understand? And before you know it, you're in their sack. Before you know it, you're away from God. And you add sin to sin. Because you do not seek the Lord. You begin to lean to your own understanding. You begin to mix the word of God with human philosophy, psychology, rationalizing things, 
Jeremiah 5.23 says, but this people has a defiant and rebellious heart. They have revolted and departed. And there comes a point where people, boom, 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 gone. The hope is repentance, but it doesn't always happen, people. It doesn't always happen. Jesus quoted Isaiah about spiritual blindness. Listen to Matthew 13, 13 through 15. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear. Nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and not perceive. For the hearts of his people have grown dull, their ears hard of hearing, and their eyes have been closed. And it says their eyes, they have closed. They have closed, free will. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand in their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. It's upon my decision, not God's. God gives various forms of ministries to reach the lost, but it all has to be contained with the gospel. Don't get legalistic. Don't get weird about how people are reached. God will use musical concert for some. Some of you can't take it. Fine. But pray for it. Invite people. God will use street evangelism. Not everybody can do it. But pray for them. God will use one-on-one sharing. God will use drama. God will use preaching and teaching through the pulpit. Many, many different things, but all of them will have one common denominator is this. Whatever is going on, the content will be the gospel. That man is lost, dead in his sins, and needs to repent through faith in Christ Jesus by the grace of God. You understand? We must talk about sin. We must talk about repentance. We must talk about judgment. And we must talk about grace. That's the gospel. Don't water it down. Don't make it positive confession. Don't make it anything else. Don't dilute it. Leave it alone. It works. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, by grace through faith, and out of ourselves is the gift of God. So various ways that God will use, but it's the same content, the gospel of Jesus Christ, Christ crucified. Each person will have the opportunity to obey God or disobey him in, their, in God's direction uh, to them in terms of the ministry of the word. We're all different, different parts of the body. Sometimes the circumstances are very delicate and will be a tendency to be intimidated that God calls us to do, whether it be friends, family, or job. At other times, we will be targets of mockery or ridicule. Still at other times, it will cost some person everything. So we don't want to compare ourselves by ourselves or with each other. Because my foot is part of my body, but it has no comparisons to my ear. They serve two different functions. Be careful of that. Every one of us is different in the ministry we are called to, like Noah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Habakkuk, Nahum, all of them. But they were faithful. What had God called you to do? Let me tell you what he hasn't called you to do, to occupy that chair. That's not your gift. That's not your calling. It's essentially necessary to grow and develop and mature and get equipped. But we should stand on our feet and move into ministry. I can't tell you what your ministry is. You have to go to the Lord in that. Listen to Paul. Colossians 4.17 says, And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. 
Are you fulfilling your ministry, whatever it may be? Very, very important. The proclamation regarding the science sermon was in hope of what? Repentance. Repentance. Now notice secondly, verse 8 through 16, the interpretation of the science sermon is given to us. Yahweh himself gives the interpretation to the science sermon. We're not left to our opinion. Verse 8 through 10. In verse 8, God once again makes himself known to Ezekiel. In the morning, the word of the Lord came to him. This is the second appearance of that prophetic formula. It's divine origin. God accomplished what he purposed through the science sermon to get captives' attention. Listen, son of man has not the house of Israel, the rebellious house, said to you, what are you doing? So here he was going through this whole thing. and be like, What are you doing, Ezekiel? God would open his mouth. Tell him. Because he said when he would open his mouth occasionally. God identifies the persons involved in the prophecy in verse 10. The first person identified is King Zedekiah. Say to them, thus saith the Lord God, the burden concerning the prince in Jerusalem. This is Zedekiah. He's on the throne at this time. The prince, the ruler. The word burden means a load. It's a pun on the word prince, one lifted up. The next verse also shall be carried away. So he who has been lifted up as the leader will be lifted up as the burden that he is and carried away into captivity. In the Hebrew, it's a pun on words. The second identified with the remaining hands of Jerusalem and all the house of Israel who are among them. This is the final captivity. Notice verse 11 through 14. Yahweh illustrates the parallel application. In 11, Ezekiel was the vessel of God. Say, I am assigned to you. This is what Ezekiel is supposed to proclaim. Again, he's role-playing the final captivity of 586 B.C. here. As I have done, so shall it be done to them. They shall be carried away into captivity. They'll be lifted up and carried away. God includes the manner of Zedekiah's escape in verse 12. He would flee with a few essentials, and the prince who is among them shall bear his belongings on his shoulder at twilight and go out, just like Ezekiel did. Zedekiah was not the legitimate king, remember. Nebuchadnezzar had placed him on the throne when he took away his nephew Coniah, or Jehoiachin, the son of, uh, of Jehoiakim, to Babylon, Jeremiah 31, 37, 1. Remember that Jehoiahaz, Jehoiakim, and Zedekiah were brothers, sons of Josiah. Jehoiachin that was taken away was the son of Jehoiakim, which was the nephew to Zedekiah. All right? So he was just a puppet on the throne, and he was not true to Nebuchadnezzar. He broke his covenant. He depended on Egypt. He rebelled against him. The pagan was more faithful than the godly man. Wow, what a rebuke. Notice he and those with him would escape secretly. Verse 12, they shall dig through the wall to carry them out through it. He shall cover his face so that he cannot see the ground with his eyes. He went out through the gate in secret, and then God indicated Zedekiah would not succeed. Verse 13, Yahweh would have Zedekiah caught. I will also spread my net over him, my net over him, and he shall be caught in my snare. So many people think they're cool and they got everything controlled. They got all their ducks lined up, which I would ducks. They're messy. 
You think you're in control. You're not in control, especially if you're a Christian and you're compromising. You're walking away from God. You're half in the world, half in the church. You think you got it all wired. Be careful. Pastor Xavier Reese and the importance of staying faithful. There's much more to come next time, but if you won't be able to join Pastor Xavier, you can always pick up a copy of the message in its entirety. And the title to ask for is, You Can Run But You Can't Hide. And it's available on CD for just $4. And make sure you pass on this study to a friend or loved one. And once again, the title to ask for is, You Can Run But You Can't Hide. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. What's the importance of staying true to the Word of God? That's coming up on the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 